Welcome back, everyone. This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. All of our episodes are available on most streaming platforms. Just search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. You can also check us out on our social media pages, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest episodes and up-to-date Chiefs news. So today is the day, right? Today is where we are kicking off the 2022 NFL season. And I'll tell you what, uh, Rich, it, it felt like um, it was a long time ago. Like, really, I mean, the, the Super Bowl between um, uh, shoot, I can't remember. Rams and Bengals. Rams, Rams and Bengals. Because <laughs> uh, it's been that long, right? I'm trying to think, like, hey, who the heck was it? I know it was the Rams, but who was it the Bengals? So, because obviously we have the Rams and Bills um, first game to kick off the season tonight. But... Um, which is going to be, I think it's going to be a great game, obviously, um, as well, which is interesting because obviously Thursday night games, we always know are always crap for the most part. But I think because it's the Thursday night game that starts off the season, it's a little bit different. Obviously, um, it's just the, it's the first game. So that they don't they don't have a game previously, um, you know, on Sunday beforehand and they have that short week, right? So um, it's uh, it's a little bit more different for on these Thursday night games. They're normally more competitive. Um, from what we've seen in the past. But obviously the Chiefs have the second one, which is next week. So that's when we start finding out, obviously, the real, you know, Thursday night football games. But um, so going into the season, though, uh, I just want to kind of throw out some topics to you, you know, some things that some intriguing storylines you might think about, um, you know, heading into this year, just overall, uh, just for the NFL. Uh, one of them I was going to ask you, Rich. So out of all the different quarterbacks that are on new teams this year, um, spots that have changed. I would say, what would be one uh, in particular that you'd be probably uh, most looking forward to seeing, you know, how things shape out? Do rookies count? Yes, rookies do count. All right. So the uh, so I just love that we played in college. Um, so for me, it's, it's either one of the Pittsburgh quarterbacks, right? So if Mitchell Trubisky does not have, you know, a few good games, I think they won't hesitate to bring in Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of always liked Mitchell Trubisky, I know he does some things that are that he did some things in Chicago that were weird. He had a very good uh was it his rookie or a second year? I can remember when uh Nagy won the the coach of the year. Right, right. I think he's talented. He has his moments. I think Pittsburgh's style of offense fits Mitchell Trubisky's let's say quarterbacking abilities. Mm -hmm. And then right on the flip side of that is if he doesn't do well, I love Kenny Pickett. I think he's like a little big Ben much skinnier, faster, but, you know, has a good arm, not a great arm. Um, it's just a, it's just a player. And then he's, you know, from Pittsburgh. So right. um, that to me is the one that stands out right off the top of my head. I, I, I agree with that. Um, just because, uh, you know, even Kenny Pickett, like you just kind of mentioned, uh, is, could even be a, a rookie of the year candidate, um, depending on when he gets extra chance of starting. But, um, you know, aside from the Pittsburgh situation, um, you know, obviously you got Russell Wilson in, uh, you know, Denver now. Um, you got Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. So there's a lot of just different um, – obviously you got the Jim uh, Jimmy Garoppolo situation in, in uh, San Francisco with Trey Lance starting. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different, um, you know, areas this year with different quarterbacks, different places. So, But I think you kind of hit it with the Pittsburgh. That's probably going to be the main – uh, one people are going to kind of watch for just because, you know, they got that really good rookie, like I said, who's from the area. 
And Mitchell Trubisky, who struggled in Chicago, um, pretty much was almost at his way out of the NFL the way he ended that, uh, you know, reign there in Chicago with them. So um, I think I agree with that one as far as on Pittsburgh being kind of the most exciting with uh, just seeing everything else they have around with that team to see if they get that quarterback in place. Because we obviously know that um, Najee Harris is a pretty good running back who can obviously carry a little bit of the offense for him. Yeah, I mean, and, and Pat Fryermuth, right, will be in the second year, a good up-and-coming tight end out of Penn State, so another Pennsylvania guy. Um, and then let's say you've got Deontay Johnson, who may not play week one, but he's a good wide receiver, very underrated. And then you've got the rookie, George Pickens, that a lot of us wanted in Kansas City, as well as Chase Claypool. So they've got talent. Their old line is not very good. Right. So that's the most worrisome because – um, you know, any quarterback, right? You could have Patrick behind a bad line and we see what happens when that happened. Um, so that'll be the kicker for them is, you know, what can they do with that line to make sure that whether it's Mitch or Kenny long-term or for the rest of this year, they do well. Right, right. And so here's the next one. And it's kind of interesting because I watched this last night. So I, I kind of wanted to kind of talk about it just because I feel like it's that team that's going to get ready to go over the hump. And um, I'm speaking of the Buffalo Bills. So, Last night I was watching the uh, ESPN had their 30 for 30. And I don't know if you've watched it yet where they talk about their Super Bowls they went to, right? The four straight Super Bowls they lost mm-hmm. to. Um, and it's just real intriguing about like just kind of remembering all those things for, you know, when we were kids and we, we watched those Super Bowls um, and saw that. But um, so speaking of the modern day Buffalo Bills, I, I you know, obviously they're a team that, uh, you know, especially we, uh, you know, made all the way to the divisional playoffs against us last year. Um, and you know, we're pretty much 13 seconds away from going to the AFC Championship game, and you know, um, you know, who knows? Like I said they went to the Super Bowl or not. But um, as far as their team coming into this year, obviously they have that rookie running back James Cook, which I wish the Chiefs would have took, but obviously he went pretty early. Um, you know, so Josh Allen's adding a little bit of extra weapons. Uh, obviously they have Von Miller on defense now, but I think he's, um, you know. Yeah, he's getting older, but, I mean, he would be the same guy. He still played good with the Rams last year. But where do you see, like, the Bills this year? I mean, obviously, they're a huge Super Bowl favorite this year. But do you think that this is now, even if it's not this year or, like, next year, that it's actually their time that to shine pretty much? So that's a great one. I mean, it's a little bit of a prequel into my uh, uh, playoff predictions. But, no, I think um, this is going to be – I think if there is one year the Bills can finally win something, whether it's an AFC championship um, after, you know, not winning one for, what, 30 years? Right. Um, I think this is a year. I think it's set up. The AFC is is definitely loaded, right? Without a doubt, I think it is the best conference in football out of the two. But um, I think they've got everything from a quarterback to – I mean, the running backs are okay. Like you mentioned, James Cook, he could be an upcoming – uh, rookie running back, they, they got good wide receivers. Dawson Knox did really, really well last year. They've got a good offensive line. Their defense is top five, arguably the best in the NFL, and they just added Von Miller. So um, they they have everything available to them to get over that hump, which is the Chiefs, and um, you know at least get a chance at a Super Bowl in the actual game. Right. So, yeah, I think they have a really good shot. Like I said, it would be nice to see – this year being actually the Bills and Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Obviously, last year was the divisional round. So seeing them two teams, actually, the winner goes to, directly to the Super Bowl would be actually kind of nice to see that, um, and hopefully at Arrowhead for a fifth straight year as well. So, uh, But, well, yeah, so obviously we'll get more into some of those talks here in a little bit. But 
Uh, so my last one I have for you is um, probably a eh, it's it's normally a big storyline for the most part. Anytime you talk about this guy, and no, I'm not. We're not talking about Deshaun Watson. I'm not talking about Tyreek Hill. I'm talking about the goat. I'm talking about Tom Brady. I just have one question for you: Is this his last year? I think 100% it is. Um, physically, I mean, he's 45 years old, right? Like he looks better than what we will probably look at at 45. 100% what most 45 year olds that are pro athletes uh, look like. Um, you know, he's his personal life. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there, right? That are, that's going on, and right. and um, yeah, I think physically his arm was starting to go a little bit last year, even though he still put up amazing numbers. Um, the thing about Brady is he knows how to play to his strengths. So I think it's his last run, um, and he finally let's hangs it up and stops torturing us from uh, his goatness. Oh, I hope so. I mean, like you said, the, we've we've had so many topics on him, and I, I just kind of want to run a quick thing about him. But we've I know we've obviously talked about him a lot in the last year with you know retiring, unretiring, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but like you said, it's just it, it feels like. It is like as of late, like things starting to break down for him. I mean, I, I, obviously he can still play in this league, but like you said, I mean, it, it seems like you know there's been some you know personal things during uh, training camp and whatnot this year. And I mean, at some age, like you said, being at 45, you know, it's got to be getting there where it's just you know you can't do this anymore. Or it's time to do something different, right? So uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think. I would definitely want to put like a bet saying that he would be done this year, but it's just like, it's Brady, right? It's like, you just don't know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think that ultimately this should be the last year um, for him. But uh, like I said, well, we would just have to uh, wait and see like we always do for that. All right. So heading into um, week one for the chiefs, um, obviously we're going to be playing the uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, there in Scottsdale. And uh, I know nor we normally kind of start off with our weeks where we kind of go inside the numbers between the teams. But obviously, since it's week one, uh, we don't really have, um, you know, really like stats to go over yet because there haven't been any real games uh, per se on that. Um, as far as on, what, I mean, as far as on the Cardinals preseason, I didn't get to follow it a whole lot. So, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Rich, but, you know, if anything that, you know, you had seen or heard from the Cardinals in preseason, but I didn't really get that a chance. Kyler Murray doesn't study. <laughs> other than yeah, other than the storyline <laughs> with in his contract about that, and then they you know put it in and removed it. But yeah, and DeAndre cool. Hopkins takes uh, steroids. Yeah, right. <laughs> so no, but I mean you're right. You know that's that's what most of it was about, right? Is obviously Kyler Murray's contract extension and the clauses in there, and then the you know whenever DeAndre Hopkins news broke way before that that he was uh, getting suspended, right, because of. Uh, whatever, I don't know, steroids right. or whatever he was trying to take. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals, for the most part, right, we know it's Kyle, it's Kyler Murray, Cleves King, Cliff Kingsbury, and, um, you know, you've got a few good young players as well as some veteran players in A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. Um, but, yeah, that's really it. They don't, you know, I guess no news is kind of good news if you're a okay team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, but also like checking out the uh, injury report for the game, uh, I will say for the most part, I mean, obviously besides the people we already know for the Chiefs that, you know, are starting the season on IR with Blake Bell, the tight end and uh, tackle Lucas Niang, uh, 
the whole 50, I would say 53, but we don't have a 53th player, uh, 53rd player yet because Blake Bell got put on IR the other day and they still haven't actually named the last person on the 53 man roster. So I will say for 52 players that are on the roster, pretty healthy. Uh, I mean, there's pretty much no issues. Everyone practiced yesterday. Everyone even practiced today, except for Frank, uh, Frank Clark, who had illness, didn't practice today. So, um, you know, I'm not sure what that, you know, how much that is, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't think he's going to miss Sunday with that. So, yeah, overall, I mean, the Chiefs uh, team is pretty healthy going into the season, which is awesome to hear, uh, you know, always going into the season. The Cardinals, however, on their injury front, they have a little bit of some players nicked up, uh, just some notables. Uh, J.J. Watt, obviously, he has a calf injury that didn't practice uh, yesterday or um, today. Uh, I believe, let's see, I think Mark is golden linebacker. He looks like he has a toe injury, um, who's limited in practice today and didn't practice yesterday. Uh, Zach Ertz is another one of the calf injury tight end that um, was limited yesterday and did not practice today. Those are pretty much some of the notable ones. I did see, oh, and then Rondell Moore, wide receiver, hamstring. Yeah, it just happened today, right? Yeah, it just happened today. So he's limited in practice. So they have, I mean, they have about 10 players that either did not practice or limited. I think there's actually one that actually fully practiced today. But, um, yeah, they have around up to about 10 players almost. So they, on the other end, are not completely 100% healthy heading to the season. So. Uh, more on that, I guess, as the game kind of gets closer to uh, game time. But uh, yeah, so I would say for you know for us, good news uh, for both sides, right? Because you got a team that's not fully healthy, uh, and then you got a team like us, we are fully healthy. So that's going to be, um, like I said, good sign for us going into the game. Uh, moving on to, I guess, our keys to the game. I'll let you uh, start off with the offense, Rich. Yeah. So for me, it's the continued topic that I've mentioned regarding, you know, the, the unknown, right? How is the, how are the target distributions going to happen, right? What is the new offense look like? Who's, is it a bunch of short throws? Um, you know, do, do we use Nicole and Sky as a deep threats with MBS? So just how is the offense going to operate from a passing perspective? Um, we know what the run will look like with Clyde edwards alaire and then I think Pacheco will get some snaps, maybe not as much as most people think in game one, but um, the, the offensive line is good. It's just from a receiving perspective, right? You've got Kelsey, you know you can count on him. But then what else, right? Is Juju the number one wide receiver? Is he technically the number two target after Kelsey? And then how do the other guys complement them then and there? So that for me is the is the key to this game, and that's what we're going to discover in this first game. The Cardinals secondary is okay. They've got um, good safeties. Um, their corners, um, one of them, if I'm not mistaken, is a second-year player in Byron Murphy Jr., um, and he's good. So um, then you've got, you know, J.J. Watt obviously uh, pressuring you. And they've got two really fast linebackers that move really, really well. And Isaiah Simmons, the uh, I know that's one of your favorite guys. And then as Avon Collins, right? So they've got a good, fast defense that um, I think the Chiefs will handle easily. But right. again, right, it's just what does that offense look like? So for me, that's the key is how does the offense move the ball from a target distribution? You know, well, I'll say one thing because I need to mention Isaiah Simmons. You know, I almost because um, I mean, here in a little bit, I guess I was going to I was going to talk about. Obviously, I'm going to be going to the the game this weekend, but I almost thought about bringing Isaiah Simmons jersey with me. But I'm like, man, I can't do that. I'm sorry, it's the Chiefs. He's playing a different team. It's like I can still root for him in some aspects, but it's like, man, I can't. 
I can't do that, right? I'm still rooting for the Chiefs to go into the game. But, um, I, you know, I don't have anything else to add on the offense. You pretty much covered it. I, that's kind of what I had was just about the new wide receiver core, um, seeing how much Mahomes spreads the ball around uh, with that. And then also, like I said, you know, seeing about how much they mix with the run this year with uh, the different running backs that they have. Uh, now with, like I said, Pacheco and, like I said, McKinnon, Kyle Woodshill, Ronald Jones. So seeing what they'll do with the mix-up uh, uh, for both of that uh, going into this game. Uh, on defense, I had basically, you know, just stop Kyle Murray from running everywhere, right? I mean, obviously he's a he's a quarterback similar to kind of what Lamar Jackson does. There's a lot of these quarterbacks um, in, these, in, in the league now that has where they can throw and run um, and kind of get things done not just, you know, obviously throwing the ball, but kind of running, gaining some yards too as well. So, you know, I think obviously stopping Kyle Murray and their, you know, passing offense with, uh, obviously they don't have Hopkins, right? But, um, you know, they still have uh, Zach Hurts, which, you know, hopefully he ends up playing as well. But um, uh, Rondell Moore, I mean, obviously he's hurt too. So they looks like they have some of those weapons hurt, but, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, I think they're still, um, you know, they're probably going to try to throw on us, especially with our young secondary. Uh, that we have as well, and just young defense all all around. So, um, you know, I just kind of expect to see, you know, how we perform on that end. What about you, Rich? Yeah, so for me defensively, the biggest thing is speed and physicality, right? Our defense has gotten younger, faster, more physical. So that's what I want to see, right, is that I just want to see more gang and tackling, more players get into the ball, um, not being beat as easily in, in space or in um, – or versus speed players. So um, that, that for me is the biggest thing, you know, seeing George Carlottis come off the edge, his first step, putting pressure on whether it's DJ Humphreys, you know, one of the tackles for the Cardinals or his opposite. That to me is the biggest thing, right? Is I think it's going to be in the thirties both ways, mm -hmm. but as long as the defense shows that they are faster and they're more willing to hit than some of our previous defenses, right. then for me, it's progress because it is game one. All right, so I so kind of you kind of did a little sneak peek there where you said uh, you know into the 30s or whatever. So I got to know. Um, obviously, we've we always like kind of not really we're either like really close maybe or really far off, but <laughs> we never really kind of hit like as far as on. So as far as the score prediction for this game, uh, what do you got? Yeah, so for me, it was going to be a little bit closer, but if they don't have Rondo Moore. They technically only have A.J. Green and Marquise Brown, right, and Hollywood Brown. So um, those are still two good wide receivers. I know A.J. is up there. Um, he's not the A.J. He was in Cincinnati. And Hollywood, it's his first official game, or not official, but regular season game with Colin Murray. So um, Rondo Moore is big because he, he had really good chemistry with uh, Murray. So if he's not able to go, um, I'm actually going to knock them down some points, right? So I originally had it at 31-38 Chiefs. Now I'm going to knock them back to – I'll probably just go with 27, right? So three touchdowns and two field goals by Arizona. And then the Chiefs still be at 35 or 38. So that's what I'm going to go with. I uh, kind of a little bit uh, there, just a little bit lower. I have the Chiefs 31, Cardinals 20. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely, I definitely still see the Chiefs pulling this off. Um, obviously, we didn't mention, but um, – and I don't know if you saw that, Rich, that I posted today, but obviously, like, the Chiefs are, like, 8-1 and one under Andy in week one games, right. and obviously 4-0, yep. you know, with Mahomes. Doesn't right. matter if it's away or home. You know, we still seem to take care of business week one. So, um, you know, obviously, I didn't see that change. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, I, I totally forgot that 
the Cardinals coach, uh, Cliff uh, Kingsbury, was Mahomes' head coach at sure Texas was. Tech. So um, I think Mahomes did a, little, did a little thing there. He's like, man, I hope I win this game. So I put one up, one over him or something like that. So Right. Uh, yeah, and they asked him, you know, is him being your college coach and basically the one that kind of helped you be who you are in college, does it give him any advantage? He's like, no, I've thrown so many passes as a pro mm-hmm. and I've developed so much. He's like, you can say I'm technically a different quarterback. I mean, he's still always going to be that gunslinger. Right. But, I mean, it's the NFL, right? Everyone schemes for everything. Um, they don't just wake up and go and coach, right? And they don't just wake up and go and play. So Correct. Uh, there's no advantage aside from the fact that maybe he knows – something really, really, you know, maybe Patrick doesn't like when people jump at the line, you know, some deep, mm-hmm. dark um, tendency like that. But aside from that, you know, Patrick's yeah, maybe, a pro. And yeah, maybe some sure. kind of mindset or something like that, you know, maybe. But like I said, most of it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it changes, like I said, when you become a professional. Oh, and so I was looking at the roster, too, and I totally forgot to mention this when we were talking about it a minute ago, but I guess we kind of keep it along with the game going on. But uh, obviously the Chiefs do have – our Chiefs, sorry, the Cardinals have some former Chiefs on their uh, team. Obviously, Daryl Williams and uh, number 56 on the linebacker core, Ben Neiman. Uh, so oh, they, they have Ben Neiman? Oh, I hope yeah. they put him in the game. <laughs> so they do. Run at 56. <laughs> he's, now, he's buried on the depth chart for their linebackers. So he, like you know, he should be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you might only see him on special teams. But, yeah, so they have two former Chiefs. Uh, actually, Rodney Hudson to their center. So um, Oh, yeah, they sure do have Rodney Hudson. started the career here. So, yeah, that was some uh, Yeah, we got him last year. Yeah. Yep, yep. So those are those, those three uh, former Chiefs. Um, that we'll be seeing, well, maybe, well, and most importantly, like you said, maybe we will see one that we wouldn't want to see in our team, obviously, but, you know, against another team would be nice. So um, so heading into the, for the whole season, I know we did our kind of record predictions um, when the schedule broke in May, but I kind of want to revisit that and see if anything like you had changed on it. I think I'm kind of, I'm still with the whole 12 and 5, 13 and 4, uh, more so, <laughs> And more so at 12 and 5, I think I was still counting the last game of the season against uh, the Raiders. Like, as they mm-hmm. say, for instance, we were resting our starters. I think that's why I say 12 and 5. If not, um, it's 13 and 4 for me still. And the, the losses I still have is uh, at Tampa, um, at um, LA against Chargers, um, at Cincinnati, and then at home against Buffalo uh, with those four losses. And like I said, the fifth one would be in Vegas last game of the season if we asked our starters. But what about you? Is it, is it kind of still the same? Anything changed for you on that end? No. So basically, I mean, I'm at 12 and 5, right? Losses to Tampa, uh, the Chargers in L.A., the Rams here, the Bengals there. And then to your point, same thing with the with the Raiders at the last game of the season. Um, you know, again, right, I'll talk about this in a little, in a little bit. But I think, I think the Bills game is going to be reverse of what's happened in the previous year's. Um, so I was giving a little preview into what I'll probably talk about later, but right, you know, so that's just as a Chiefs fan, of course, you want them to win every single game, yeah. But you got to be realistic, right? Because they're not going to go seventeen and zero, and um, it's a, it's very hard to do that, right? Only one team has done that since the Dolphins did in the seventies, mm-hmm. and it's, it was the Patriots, and it was what sixteen games. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So so it's very hard, um, even winning. 14, 15 games in modern-day football is very, very difficult. So 
you know, somewhere between 12 to 13, I think 11 to 13, I think is realistic for the chiefs. Um, the only thing that bothers me is chiefs are really good in December and they lose games to the Rams. I guess it would only be the Rams and the Bengals. There would be two games in December. Well, the Rams game is uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so it's, uh, still, yep. it's 10 of so, November. So actually, but, no, I'm good then. But I did, um, I, did, I did want to ask you about that because you have them losing three straight right there. So, I mean, I know obviously two of them are in – or, uh, sorry, away, but that's why I always want to see. Because I, I was kind of back and forth with that too. Like, I just – I mean, obviously any team could win – or, sorry, win or lose a certain amount in a row. But I just want to get your thoughts, like, as far as, like, those three losses, like, back to back to back. Yeah, and it's and here's the thing. It's like, do I think that'll happen? No. But so last year, right, we started out the gate a little bit ugly and um, probably right. lost more than what everyone thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so not saying the Chiefs always do that because they, I mean, they realistically haven't. Right. But it's just based on the, so the schedule, we have the toughest by far in the NFL, right? I mean, every yeah. strength of schedule out there, there's a breakdown. The Chiefs are way like way out there. If there were 38 teams, they'd, if there were 38 spots, they'd have a 30th spot, 38 mm-hmm. spot. So I think for this, you know, in the, and for the activity of predicting, I mean, there's, I don't think they'll lose three games in a row in reality, but I think right. when you look at it, the names stand out, you know, and I mean, you think about it, right? We go Chargers away, Rams here, and then we go Bengals, Broncos, Texans away. So right. I like our odds. So the, the names Bengals, Rams, and Chargers stand out more than Broncos and Texans. Um, I could also like I was thinking about we the Titans always play us tough for some reason. Um, I could see that being a game, but Andy Reid is great after a bye week. Um, you know, I know the Jaguars will be better, but I don't see us losing to the Jaguars. I think for the Chiefs, it's a really tough first month and a really tough last well, last month and some days. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, right, I don't, I just, I, I can see us losing two to three games in a span of a few weeks in either one of those situations. Yeah. I was just, just kind of seeing, but I, I had it for the longest time. I had the same thing you had. I just, I guess for talk, you know, I switched out Buffalo in um, and that Rams as, as far as a loss, but like I said, it, anything could happen, you know, if things uh, switch or not, but uh, just for sake of kind of, you know, where some of those games might be lost. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about it, um, so I only have us losing one away game, or sorry, one home game, and that'd be versus the Rams. Same here. Yep. And to be honest, um, I think that's probably the most winnable game out of the toughest matchups because um, Chiefs at Arrowhead are really, really good. Um, you know, again, we're away at Cincinnati like we were last year in the regular season. Um, and that's going to be, I mean, it's almost the exact same week as last as last time. So, mm-hmm. um it's going to be that uh, Rams game is what Thanksgiving weekend, so it's it's on the it's the primetime Fox game. Right. So those are the good games for the Chiefs. So if there is one game I would flip, it would be the Rams game. Um, you know, obviously there's a Raiders game too because you usually, um, you know, if we're at twelve and five or sorry, if we're at twelve and four, we're not resting our starters and we're playing that game versus the Raiders because we're fighting for second or third or maybe even first place in the conference. Right. So I can also see that game going off the board, you know. So there's just so many variations, right? And I, obviously a lot of this is for conversation's sake. Correct. Yep. All right. So moving on to uh, some other predictions we have for the season, uh, just kind of NFL in general. Uh, I was going to kind of start with uh, like AFC and NFC sleeper teams this year. 
Um, I think I think Rich, you hit it last year. I think you said sleeper. Didn't he have like the Rams as your sleeper team? Or no, it was the Bengals, right? It was the Bengals, yeah. Yeah, the Bengals the last year. I think I can't remember who'd you have for NFC last year. Sleeper team? I don't know. I can't I, remember. I know I had the Cardinals last year NFC. I just couldn't remember who I had on AFC side. But, yeah, I don't remember who um, it was. So heading into this year, my AFC sleeper is the Colts. I have the Colts for uh, that and on. The NFC, I know we talked about this a minute ago, but I, I just put them on there because I think they're going to have a better year than in the past, but my NFC sleeper is the Lions. Yeah, it's funny because, like, it's what what do you determine sleeper, right? Is it better than expectations or is it do something I, Yeah, meaningful? I would say a little bit of both. Um, the Lions is a tough one for me just because, like I kind of mentioned, like they're, they're still another year or two away probably, right. but um, I still see them – improving from what they had last year but oh yeah, yeah 100%. i would kind of put it as a, a team that just kind of surprises you right i mean it's obviously that's kind of what a, a you know obviously a sleeper is um you know whether they you know make it to the playoffs or get deep in the playoffs is a different thing too but um yeah i mean it, it, everyone probably has their different term of what sleeper is but that's the kind of way i look at it it's just some team that just surprises you uh so what i guess who would you go with uh for your uh picks yeah, so for me, um, the way I think of sleeper Ray is someone who overachieves but has to achieve at, at minimum playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. um, because, um, so yeah, like the Bengals, right? I don't think any very few people logically could explain that Bengals are going to be a playoff team, and I had full faith. I didn't think they were going to make it to the Super Bowl, but I definitely thought that they were going to make it to the playoffs. So for me, to start off on the NFC side and in that same division of your sleeper, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I really like their setup. Um, Kevin O'Connell, right, another West Coast from the McVay West Coast tree um, that, you know, have seemed to have a lot of success. Kirk Cousins is so underrated. I know everyone makes fun of Kirk Cousins and all this stuff. But that man, he puts up numbers. His offense with Jefferson, Thielen, um, Osborne, they traded for uh, Jalen Rager from Philly. And they've got Dalvin Cook, who is, without a doubt, you know, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Now, their defense isn't that good. If Daniel Hunter can have a bounce-back year um, and be better than what he was last year, then I think they'll they'll be better. So, for me, it's the Vikings. I see the Vikings sneaking in. So, one, actually, I have them as a division winner, so they're not going to sneak okay. in. Um, but if they don't win the division, if the Packers win it, they sneak in playoffs, right, as one of the wild-card spots. Mm -hmm. Then on the AFC side, so that one's a little tough because I don't really – like, to me, it is what it is in the AFC. Um, I mean, just kind of high-level explaining it. So I've got, like, the Bills winning the division, the Bengals winning the division, Chiefs. I've got the Colts winning the division. Um, the Chargers, I think, will finally make it. The Ravens, I mean, they're supposed to be one of the better teams in the AFC. Then I've got the Dolphins or the Pats, right? So for me, I guess um, if, if there was one of those teams that I have to pick as a sleeper in the AFC – think it would just because, let's say for argument's sake, it would have to be the Chargers um, just because on paper their players scream very, very talented. Right. And, you know, so can they put it together? And, and they won't beat – and it's weird to call a sleeper someone that doesn't win their division, but I think if they get into the playoffs, they could be a team to reckon with just because of all the offensive and defensive talent they have. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that because especially, I mean – just take for instance uh, the Steelers from I can't remember what year it was they made the they made the last wild card spot and they ended up winning the Super Bowl 
So mm-hmm. that was the year that uh, Jerome Bettis retired. So, like, I mean, that's a, that's in a good example of a sleeper that just no one expected them to do anything, and then they ultimately went. But, um, yeah, so I don't think, you know, if you talk about sleepers, they don't have to actually be, like, a division winner, I guess you would say, in my opinion. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, that's good picks. Um, so as far as the AFC championship game uh, and NFC championship game, uh, these ones are always big ones to talk about. So AFC championship game, I mentioned it early. Um, I think it's the Chiefs and Bills. Uh, I hope that's what uh, ends up happening. I'd love to see that rematch uh, in that dynamite playoff spot. You know, whoever wins, you know, goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, so that's my AFC championship game. And NFC championship game, I have the Rams and I have the Bucks. Uh, obviously, you know how NFL likes to write stories, and um, you know, especially with Tom Brady possibly being his last year, I could see them, you know, making a good push. Their defense is top five defense um, this year still, so uh, their offense they keep sometimes just keep like reloading on offense for some, you know, they just get they can still get guys coming because you know play for Tom Brady. So um, and the Rams obviously still. Um, you know, being the Rams, so I, I, I just they just keep reloading themselves too. I feel like the Rams is like they play in Major League Baseball with unlimited salary cap. I don't know <laughs> how they pay these players, but uh, they keep getting players. Uh, obviously, with Bobby Wagner, I think was one of them uh, that mm-hmm. they got. So, uh, but those are my picks. What about uh, your picks? So, same on the MC side, Bills versus Chiefs. Bills ends up as the number one seed. Chiefs as the second seed. They play in Buffalo this time. Um, and um, I don't even know if we were supposed to spill those beans, right? But the Bills, I think the Bills finally get over that hump. Um, Mahomes faces a second consecutive loss in the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the NFC side, same. Bucks and Rams, I think they're the two best teams from an NFC perspective. I would love to see somebody else there, right? I would love to see, like, the Vikings in there. Um, a lot of people have the Eagles going far. Um, because they have a good defense and, as you know, their offense should be growing. But I don't see mm-hmm. that much of a jump. So, for me, Rams versus Bucks, And I can't disagree with you on the Tom Brady riding out, you know, at least one more Super Bowl try in his last year. The, the team is more than Tom Brady, though, right? They've got a lot of talent. I know yeah. Oh yeah. decent line, um, even though they lost a guard to the Bengals. And then, um, you know, their defense is solid as well. So, the Rams, though, they're stacked. And um, I think they got better this year on offense with Allen Robinson because he is, I think, a more complete – he's a better wide receiver than Robert Woods, obviously a more healthy wide receiver than Odo Beckham Jr. Um, you know, Matt Stafford's second year, and they said something about he had surgery this offseason and he's feeling better than what he's ever felt. So, um, so yeah, I can see the Rams, you know, without a doubt taking it as well. So, for me, go with Bills, Bucks, and the Super Bowl. All right, so you have Bills, Bucks. I have. And I didn't get to tell my winner of the game. I just kind of did that, but I'll go ahead and see. So I'm having the Chiefs win. Um, I do have them playing at Arrowhead for the fifth straight year, uh, which would be you know incredible. But I do have it. Obviously, them being that's being a close game, but I think the Chiefs could pull it off. And I do have the Bucks beating the Rams. So I do have a rematch of two years ago with the Bucks and the Chiefs. And uh, I think the Chiefs pulled off this time. I, I think it's they've learned from their mistakes for, you know, what they played against them two years ago. Um, obviously, they're a different team now. With they don't have, um, you know, kind of like that long shot wide receiver with, with uh, Tyreek going down the field. And I think teams will have to play them differently this whole year. Uh, 
I, I predict that Mahomes is probably going to have his second best season of his career. I'm not going to say he's going to have that the best year he had when he won MVP, but I think he's going to have his second best uh, year this year. So um, I think the Chiefs uh, end up hosting or not end up hosting, um, end up, um, yeah, pretty much carrying that LeBar trophy and getting the Super Bowl number three. What about you? No, like I would love it 100%, right? Um, you know, again, most of my stuff is so I'm not such a Chiefs homer. But, of course, I'm rooting for them to win every single game, right, and make it to Super Bowl. And everything you said, I can see it 100%, right? Um, I just think the Bills, with their schedule being a little bit easier, they're not a little bit, a lot of, a lot of bit easier than the Chiefs. That's what will put them in the one, and then they'll just have home field advantage. And then, so for me, it's Bills-Bucks. Let's just say Bills-Bucks for argument's sake in the in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bucks win it just off pure experience. Bills once again uh, feel that uh, terrible feeling of losing a Super Bowl, um, but it won't be the start of a four-year consecutive run because the Chiefs aren't going to let that happen. Right. So I think Tom Brady rides out. He finally retires, and we don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you look at either one of those, and I'll even take it even if you have the teams that play tonight in the Super Bowl, because even if you first and you had the Bills around, I mean, all four of those teams – they could all kind of intermingle and swip swap, right? I mean, between right. the teams, it could be, but because um, Chiefs and Rams too, right? I mean, people would love to see that Missouri Super Bowl, right? That we, you know, could have gotten last year or anything like that, uh, or you know, the Chiefs Bucks rematch, uh, like you said, Bucks and uh, Bills, um, just or the Bills and Rams like tonight. So any of those uh, teams uh, easily, I think, could be what we could see in February. But uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, and for the most part, right, the way the NFL is, is there's n- often there aren't surprises, right? The Bengals were, I mean, I can't remember the last time a team surprised everyone and made it that far, right? Um, right. I think you mentioned the Steelers maybe might be the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of the Giants runs. Um, but it should be somewhere between Bills, Rams, Bucks, Chiefs. Because, I mean, those are the top teams in the NFL, right? So. Right. You could throw the Packers in there with it being maybe being Rodgers last run at it, but I just need to see more of the, their wide receivers. Correct. And then what's, what's going on in the backfield. That defense also needs to really step it up, even though they've got a lot of talent. So, I mean, like I said, the NFL doesn't really give you too many surprises too often. Last year being the exception with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I think it's going to be one of those teams. Obviously, I'm all for the Chiefs winning. Right. You know, um, again, a lot of my picks are just for argument's sake, and so I'm not just super biased. Mm-hmm. It was Chief tough. Fan, oh right? no, it was tough. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I just, I just had to go with. <laughs> in a way, I'm gonna say biased opinion, but it's kind of like my gut feeling. Oh yeah, yeah. but no, without a doubt. just like, but like you said, uh, I think if I if I did this a uh, um, hundred times, I could probably intermingle all four of those teams different ways. Uh, well, and there's a method to my madness on why I picked mm-hmm. the Bills where they go. Yeah, and. Um, and the Bucks where they go, like I right. said, and we'll it'll carry over to um, some of these individual awards we'll talk about. Correct. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, we'll actually uh, get into that now. So we kind of just uh, we'll kind of go down the list here a little bit. Uh, we'll kind of just you know like do kind of what we did with the other predictions, but yeah, we have quite a few uh, kind of prediction rewards. So we'll start off with offense and defensive player of the year. Um, so I have my offensive player of the year is Jamar Chase uh, for the Bengals. Oh, that's a good one. 
in my defensive player of the year, it's funny because these two that I have kind of almost resemble last year's uh, season. But uh, my defensive player of the year is TJ Watt for the Steelers. Uh, would you get? Yeah, so for me, I've got Jonathan Taylor as your offensive player of the year. Um, I think he continues being amazing. And then defensive player of the year, I think it's AD. I think Aaron Donald, um, obviously, he's pissed off, right, because he's swinging helmets at people. <laughs> so um, I think he continues that tear defensively. It's always going to be, for the most part, it'll be between him and TJ, maybe Miles Garrett every now and then. So um, I think it'll be AD from a defensive player of the year perspective. Not bad. So uh, moving on to offense and defense of rookie of the years. Uh, on the offense side, I kind of went back and forth with this one a few times. Um, and kind of who we mentioned earlier with Kenny Pickett, I was going to eventually pick him, but because we don't know when he's going to actually start, um, I didn't go with him. So my offensive rookie player of the year is actually Damian Pierce running back for the Houston Texans. Um, oh, that's brave. I know. Uh, just because, they, He's got to run for like 1,500 <laughs> yards. That team is going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, just because he, I could see – I'm not going to say he's going to resemble what Jonathan Taylor does because he's not he's not like Jonathan Taylor kind of talent. But um, if the Texans do somewhat somewhat good, right, which is kind of hard to see this year, um, he would be the reason on offense. So, um, so yeah, that's why my pick on offensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year, I'm going with George Karloftis for the Chiefs. And, um, like- yeah, it's – it was a tough one, too, because I kind of almost went with um, Adrian Hutchinson for the Lions, which probably is – if he's not on your list, he's probably on a lot of people's list because I could see him winning rookie of the year well. But the way I saw Carl Loftus play in preseason – I know it's preseason, but also in training camp, it's just like he has that it factor at defensive end. It's something that we haven't seen um, there in a long time, uh, maybe since Justin Houston. I mean, like – I mean, I'm talking about – a guy that could be on a consistent basis, um, you know, actually perform at that position. So I feel like I feel like he, um, you know, will be the defensive rookie of the year, but we will definitely see. Uh, what about you? So for me, offensive rookie of the year is Chris Olave, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. I think um, if Jameis Winston can stay healthy, whether he throws 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns, you know, that doesn't matter for Chris Olave as long as he's catching them. Very mature route runner. I think he'll be arguably one of the best wide receivers um, to come out of this year's drafts. And then defensive rookie of the year is Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia that is with the Philadelphia Eagles, I think. His athleticism in a uh, defense that is attack-based will make him stand out. And uh, maybe his numbers won't be amazing um, because it's really hard to get a ton of sacks as a defensive tackle, which is why. Aaron Donald getting 16 sacks as a defensive tackle. And I know he's moved around. He's always going to be amazing. Um, but for me, it's going to be Jordan Davis. And that's a long shot because I was looking through the numbers and it's uh, it's pretty rare when a defensive tackle is uh, rookie of the year. But um, that's that's what I'm going to go with is Jordan right. Davis. Not bad. I, I thought about him too as well. I was like, that's a pretty good pick. Um, uh, then comeback player of the year, I guess you – I kind of put most improved or comeback player of the year. This one kind of can tend to be uh, always a always a tough one, depending on coming off injury or just didn't play or didn't have a down year. Um, I'm not trying to be biased with this one, but um, obviously I went with Christian McCaffrey just because, uh, you know, obviously he's had some really big injury problems the last few years. And I always just kind of feel like 
it's his time for him to get on, get out of that hump and actually get back to how he is, um, you know, as, as an athlete wise, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, when I, I guess what I'm talking about, you know, as far as him being the comeback player of the year, I don't look for him to be that guy. He was, was it two, three years ago? I think it was when he, you know, led the league in, um, I think total yards, uh, mm-hmm. For the running back position, so I don't see it being to that point, but I see it being obviously more than it has been the last two years. Uh, but that would be, I said, my pick for comeback player of the year. Yeah, so for me, comeback player of the year uh, was difficult because the easy one, the easy boring answer is Derrick Henry, right? He only played basically under half of the games last year. I think right. he'll win it, but again, that's just boring to be so obvious. So I'm going to go with a guy that I think if he stays healthy, if his eyes are actually good as he says they were last year, and he continues making these hilarious, um, vi- or he keeps giving us these hilarious clips of him explaining things or eating oh, W's, yeah, yeah, and Jameis Winston. So to me, if Jameis Winston does well, the Saints do well. They've got a, a solid defense. Um, their offense, you know, they lost their uh, their best tackle in Teron Armstead, but. Um, they get Michael Thomas back, who was also a candidate for Michael Player of the Year. And even though he might be a little hurt, we still got Chris Olave, Marcus Callaway, Alvin Kamara probably going to be suspended at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So, but if he can throw a ton of touchdowns, like I said, the interceptions, who knows where those will be. I think, you know, he's uh, he's an interesting candidate there for Comeback Player of the Year. All right. So then heading to our final two of the year, uh, we'll start with Coach of the Year. Um, and I actually am going with uh, Brandon Staley for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, obviously, he made some uh, some calls that are very questionable last year on some certain situations, but I think he has learned from it. Uh, I'm not not saying that you know he'll change the way his style football that he normally plays. He coaches, but um, I think that the Chargers are going to have an outstanding year this year. I, I think so. Finally, right? I mean, it's every year they're like, "Oh, the Chargers are going to win a division." Every year for like past five, six years, right? And then something always happens and um, they don't end up winning the division. Obviously, I don't think they'll win the division, but I think they'll, they'll be much improved when they have been. And I think they'll be right there uh, behind the Chiefs. Yeah, so for me, um, I think just because of the Bills run, they'll give it to McDermott. And it'd be deserving, right? Because he's had the team up there for a while. And, you know, if they make it to the Super Bowl, as most people are predicting, it makes sense. They have a very favorable schedule, right? It's like mid-table. So I think they could uh, have a pretty nice record overall. And Sean McDermott wins the Coach of the Year. All right. So heading into MVP, um, I feel like there's a theme with this uh, this episode, this podcast, and it's not really it, it's not really focused a whole lot on the Chiefs. I mean, it is, but um, we've been talking a lot about the Bills, right? So um, right. my MVP is Josh Allen. Um, I think that um, – Continue to see his development and his improvement uh, as time goes by, and I just think he's going to have a hell of a season. Uh, I don't know exactly as far as stats-wise what he's going to put up, but he's going to put up a lot of touchdowns this year. Uh, and like I said, I think that will obviously lead to um, you know the Bills having either that one or two playoff spot, um, you know, heading for the AFC. And you know, like I said, depending on who's going to win the AFC championship game, you know, all to, all to go to Super Bowl and see if they pull off one finally and win one. But um, he's obviously going to have a, a brilliant year this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i the right there with you. Is uh, 
I think, um, you know, one guy who I've constantly talked about is Ken Dorsey, right? So Ken Dorsey was quarterback's coach in Miami, when, or sorry, in um, Carolina when Cam Newton had his best year, and I think when they even went to the Super Bowl. And Ken Dorsey was a quarterback's coach or has been the quarterback's coach for the last two years there in Buffalo. So obviously Josh Allen's uh, been progressing and now he's his offensive coordinator. So I think um, not only is Josh Allen going to have his best year, but Ken Dorsey has a really good year as an offensive coordinator. And then people are looking at him for offensive coordinator, or sorry, for head coaching jobs, mm-hmm. which I mentioned, you know, for your Carolina Panthers um, from your home state. There you go. Um, you know, I think he'd be a great candidate for them come next year. So yeah. for me, that's where I'm going with. And that's what I was saying earlier about there's a method to my madness. So mm-hmm. I can't remember um, last time no league MVP has won a Super Bowl. So it's kind of going with the theme of, well, you can win the MVP, cool, but if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl or, mm-hmm. or even if the Bills lose the Super Bowl, yeah, um, you know, that that's, that's kind of, like I said, there's a method to the madness. So mm-hmm. um, if the Chiefs don't get any awards aside from the Lombardi, I'm all for it. Right. So since we had the same MVP, just for uh, argument's sake or conversation's sake, who would be probably the second one you would probably go with? So I think my second one would be Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford's going to have a great year as well. Second year, um, you know, he had a one full season. Obviously, he had a – I mean, he basically had the full off season last year mm-hmm. with McVay, but now he's had a full off season with the full season under his belt. He's supposedly healthier. He's got Allen Robinson, who I think is he, – he's a number one wide receiver anywhere else. They're in Los Angeles. He's like 1B behind Cooper Cup. Um, you know, Cam Makers – should be back. He's still a little dinged up, but you still got Daryl Henderson. They've got an okay line. Um, well, I shouldn't say they have an okay line. They have a good line. Right. They lost Whitworth, right? But um, they uh, have have his replacement already. Their defense got a little bit better with Wagner. Um, so it's just, to me, I see the Rams doing really, really well. And obviously Stafford being one of those, um, you know, let's say one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason. So Stafford would be number two. What about you? Uh, man, it's, it's a tough one. Um, and it, and it really kind of just, I guess, I wouldn't say irritates me, but when you look, when you think of MVP and it's hard to say this, but it's every year, it's like, what position can ever beat a quarterback? Right. Right. And it sucks. Um, Cause like Taylor did, had a great year last year. Yeah. Taylor had a great year. And you know, I, I would almost. And Cooper Cup. Yeah. And, and, and actually Taylor was probably like my other choice I was going to have. Cause I think he will not only. And that's why I have the Colts as my sleeper team this year is because I think they'll make that jump from last year where they, you know, they pretty much had the playoffs in the bag. And then as the season progressed, the last few games, they just kind of lost it. So um, I can see Taylor having, if not um, the same impact this year as he did last year, even more of an impact. Um, and that's why I would say um, he would be other, my other choice uh, for MVP. But it's just, it's just hard for running backs to win that award. So well, and look at um, I mean, like if there was one year where someone could have beat someone out, it should have been last year with Cooper Cup, right? So yeah. Cooper Cup was the first wide receiver since two thousand five. I just looked it up. So actually, let me even go back because this this stat is even better. Two thousand five, Steve Smith Senior won the triple crown. Ninety two, Sterling Sharp won the triple crown. Nineteen ninety, Jerry Rice won the triple crown. Mm-hmm. So Cooper Cup is the first wide receiver in sixteen years to win the triple crown for wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers got it right. It was almost, it almost seemed Mm -hmm. like it was a little bit of a consolation or a, um, right. Or, uh, it's a lazy award, 
But Cooper Cup, you know, definitely had everything to say he was the MVP. I mean, and he's he's the reason you could say why the Rams won the Super Bowl, right? And obviously you don't consider the playoffs. Yeah. But um um yeah, like he had everything from a resume perspective to say, I mean he won offensive player of the year, but still. It's almost um, that's like amazing. Have yeah, it's almost like you need to have like a quarterback MVP and then anything right. else, <laughs> like anything. It's else like in college, that. right? Yes. Remember, like in well, I guess college ends up being the same thing too because yeah. Devontae Smith was the first wide receiver in forever or non quarterback in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since probably like what Mark Ingram or Derrick Henry, I don't know. Yeah, some of those guys, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the quarterback's world, and we all just live in it. But um, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Like I would love for Jonathan Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, um, any of those guys. Heck, Aaron um, Donald. Yeah, that I mean, man. Like, yeah. So, yeah. More. Hopefully, we'll see something like that eventually. But yeah, it's 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 rough, like you said, we're just a, in the quarterback world. Oh yeah, even to your point, right? You just mentioned Aaron Donald. T.J. Watt almost broke the um, sack record, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last year. So yeah, he went defensive or MVP. But why couldn't he be the overall? Right. Um, yeah, I guess his team wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess maybe that's why they didn't give it to him. But Right, right. All right, so just heading into our final thoughts um, segment, and this has been kind of a long episode, kind of had a lot to get through uh, to start the season. But um, obviously tonight is, the like I mentioned earlier, the opening game between the Rams and Bills um, uh, for Thursday night. And interesting fact before we even uh, talk about a little bit of it, uh, Tonight's game is on NBC. So um, Amazon bought the rights for Thursday night football games. But I mm-hmm. believe – I'm wondering if it's just because it's the opener that right. um, they obviously don't want to just like people just – all of a sudden tonight's the first game and like, oh, I don't have Amazon Prime. So people are like trying to get access to Prime, you know, uh, you know, on the first game of the season. Maybe they're like, okay, I'll just wait till the second, the second right. week because I looked it up and obviously the Chargers and Chiefs have played the next game. Um, is exclusively on Amazon Prime. I don't know as far as it will be on local TV like some of the games have in the past. But, uh, yeah, tonight's on NBC, so I didn't I didn't know right. if you knew that. But um, uh, today is, tonight is on NBC. But, um, obviously, we talked about a lot about the Rams in this uh, podcast. We talked a lot about the Bills, um, you know, also as well. But, um, and like I said, there are also two of the four teams that, in, in the title games that we have pitched in as well. So, Tonight's going to be a pretty good game to watch. Like I said, as far as, um, you know, injuries or anything on both teams, I think they're both healthy too uh, from what I've seen for the most part. Uh, but uh, it's I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining game tonight. Uh, don't know what about what your your thoughts on it, but uh, I think it's going to be something that you probably want to keep your eyes glued to the TV. Oh, yeah, for sure now. I have a soccer practice, so I'll miss probably about the first half. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be, I mean – a lot of people have it as a Super Bowl game. Um, arguably, you know, top three teams in the NFL, top four teams in the NFL for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get to see stars, right? And Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Von Miller. Um, then on the Rams side, you obviously got arguably the greatest defensive player of all time in Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Jalen Ramsey. So it's, it's star-studded. Now, uh, from a result perspective, um, I do think the Rams pull it off. I don't think there's any way they get shown up in their own building right. uh, when they get the rings. I think it's a very, very close one, just like the Super Bowl, and the, and the Rams take it maybe like on the last drive of the game. 
So I have, um, I, did, I did a score on it um, just because I, I, someone asked me about it yesterday. So I was like, okay, I'll give a score. So um, I, I said that obviously the Rams win by seven. So I just went with the 24, uh, Rams 24, Bills 17 uh, would be my score for tonight. But I do think it's going to be a close game. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I'd probably go a little higher just because it's first game and defenses usually are, are a little rough. Pretty slow. So, um, yeah, but you right. but you said you had the Rams win too as well. So right, right for that. So yeah, so yeah. Like I said, we uh, we'll find out what happens. Um, obviously, everyone get excited for tonight and obviously the games that are on Sunday and the Monday night football game, uh, which is uh, Seattle and Denver. So obviously that's got some um, uh, you know implications as far as with Russell Wilson in a new spot. So that's going to be interesting too as well. Not only that, but also Baker Mayfield. Uh, playing against the Browns. So it's like the NFL like matches this up perfectly. Like they know these kind of things to do the first week in the right. season. So, yep. but yeah, uh, that will actually be all for uh, today's episode uh, for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. Um, Rich actually will be recapping our week one game since I will still be in uh, Phoenix, uh, at least until I believe it come back on Tuesday. So uh, Rich will probably recap it. Either um, either that Monday or Tuesday um, for everything that happened in the game, and then of course we'll be back uh, real quickly next week because obviously we play on Thursday night, so uh, we'll have our week two uh, preview. I think uh, either probably Wednesday, I think next week, so we'll have that going too as well. So, all right, thanks again everyone for listening uh, today. Don't forget to follow our podcast. Go Chiefs! <laughs>